Hey guys, welcome to Wrestling Days and welcome to this week's SmackDown Breakdown. And we have got so much to talk about, uh, so much Bray stuff to talk about. Uh, if you go down into the description on the YouTube video, you should be able to find timestamps so you can jump to wherever you want to get to uh, or just watch the whole thing. We're going to cover everything. So uh, SmackDown actually began with a new theme. Sounded big, sounded cool, sounded grand, sounded very hip-hop. It had a hip-hop vibe to it. Uh, I really liked it. Um, I, I thought it was a really good theme. So um, they do tend to do a good job of picking their themes. And uh, I am a fan of this one. Uh, we also uh, heard that Braun was wrestling in some special boots. They focused on them. Uh, he was going to be auctioning these off, uh, trying to uh, raise money for uh, a tragedy that had happened in the local area. Um, I didn't quite catch the full details of that. But um, yeah, this was a nice gesture by Braun and WWE. Uh, the first match was Braun against Gunther, and it was amazing. It was so good. Maybe the best Braun match I've ever seen. I was so impressed, and the crowd were as well. They were so vocal, and uh, there was so much to love about it. There was one bit where Gunther landed on his ankle funny, sold it so well. I really thought he was injured. So did the referee, but it allowed Imperium to attack Braun and try and help Gunther get the advantage. It was done so well. Braun using big power moves. I mean, watching Gunther getting chucked around like a ragdoll, you're just not used to seeing that. So yeah, this was a really entertaining contest. They did a great job, opened the show as well as you could have hoped. And uh, it was a good win for Gunther. He retains his Intercontinental Championship clean. Uh, well, as, as clean as you could hope for. The interference from Imperium was earlier on in the match. By the time we get towards the end, uh, it's all clean. It's all a, a clean win for Gunther. Then we went backstage and Sammy was talking to Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman said, there's no Roman, there's no Usos, there's no Solo. The tribal chief believes in you. He thinks it would be disrespectful to uh, be around ringside and, you know, trying to interfere. Like, we know that you can get this done. So Sammy seemed to respond really well to that. There was definitely an undertone to it, though. Definitely felt like uh, Paul Heyman, as usual, wasn't telling the full truth. But uh, it was kind of hard to know where this was leading. But obviously, we would get our answer later in the show. Sammy said to Paul, tell Roman, text him, do whatever you need to do. I've got this. Uh, obviously, Sammy versus Kevin Owens would be our main event. Then we had Rey Mysterio in the ring. He said he was tired of Dominic's BS and he knew the right way to deal with it. And that was by entering and winning the Royal Rumble. Um, what I don't get about this, right? Love this. Don't have any problem with this. What I don't get is Carrion's problem with Ray. I don't know why Carrion is targeting Ray. I can't get my head around that. I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't know that it's ever been explained. I do understand that Ray is a legend. I do understand that Carrion is new. I do understand that Carrion is a heel and sometimes bullies don't give you reasons. Um, but I, I would like a reason. I'd like to know why has he targeted Ray? What is it about Ray that Carrion seems to 
be so offended by. He came down and made it really personal. He was like, are you upset with Dominic more or yourself that letting Dominic down and being a bad father? Like, this was really personal. Of course, it went into a brawl. So uh, they brawled and uh, Carrion got the better of that brawl. You can see Carrion looking like a detective from the DC universe in the background. Um, and here, Scarlet, with this card, there might have been a moment that just passed you by. Uh, there was this bit. The lights went red. And then uh, this flame shot up from the cards. Uh, it was really uh, strange. Uh, the only thing I would say is we have seen this from Scarlet before. She obviously tried throwing the fireball in the face of Drew. Uh, down in NXT, we also saw her uh, with a contract uh, and gave a contract to Keith Lee. When he opened it, fire shot up in his face. So we have seen her do these things before. I'm just not sure what message this is meant to be sending. Like, this would make a lot more sense if, like, Ray wasn't already being choked out in the ring. Like, this is kind of Scarlet saying, we're coming for you. You're in trouble. But I think he knows that because he's currently being choked by Karrion Cross. So, I don't know. A little bit of theatrics from Scarlet. Uh, then we went backstage and the women were being a little bit disrespectful to Liv. Liv last week said that she wants to enter at number one, go the distance, win the Rumble. She wants to show herself as like a fighting champion um, and uh, a fighting competitor and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the women were like, that's really dumb. You should want number 30. And uh, they were being a bit disrespectful. Uh, this would result in Liv slapping Raquel Rodriguez. Uh, so Raquel Rodriguez would be slapped. That would lead to a match. This wasn't a heel turn by any means. She was just frustrated at being uh, kind of teased. Uh, but it led to a match. The other thing of note is Maxine Dupree. Don't know if she's with Maximum Male Models or if she's just now out on her own. Uh, we don't tend to see her away from the boys, uh, Maximum Male Models. So this was sort of strange. This was sort of her just hanging out backstage, just chatting with the girls. And we haven't seen that before. So I don't know what the future is going to hold for her. I don't know if she's going to be an in-ring competitor now. There's maybe a chance that we see her in the Royal Rumble. That did feel like it was some sort of ring gear in a way. But I, I think this is just what she was wearing, to be honest. Uh, she was trending, so she definitely caught people's attention. Uh, then we went to a match which was Tegan Knox taking on Zia Lee. There was a bit of a backstory to this because, of course, Zia Lee uh, was a hooded mystery person that attacked Tegan uh, in a match, cost them the uh, tag titles at the end of last year. Uh, so they had a match here. Tegan getting the win. Um, this was a bit flat, to be honest. The match itself was fine, nothing special. But I think we'd seen a couple of big segments. You know, that first match was really good. Then we had Ray, and Ray is always going to excite a crowd uh, and carry on. And now we've gone to two women that we just haven't seen much of. We haven't seen much of Zia Lee, and we've only seen Tegan Knox a handful of times. So, I mean, it's fine. But um, this definitely felt like a little dip in the show. Then we went to a little vignette. We had Valhalla and the Viking Raiders. Uh, they were just, like you know, doing a, a very short segment where it very much positioned Valhalla as the leader 
of this group. I think even the Viking Raiders, the two guys in the background said, you know, uh, she leads, we follow type thing. So uh, I, I like this. I thought this was interesting. I, I like I like what we're doing with Valhalla here. The only criticism that I've had is when she got attacked like a few weeks back by BFAB. I sort of feel like she should be largely untouchable. She should be someone that when someone does put their hands on her, they're going to regret it. And uh, like, you know, who knows what the consequences will be. So seeing her getting chucked around by BFAB a few weeks back is the, the only thing I haven't enjoyed so far. Uh, then we would find out that next week there would be a SmackDown Tag Team Tournament to find number one contenders for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. We found out Viking Raiders would be taking on Drew and Sheamus. Um, it was interesting because last week at the end of the show, after the show, Viking Raiders would attack Drew and Sheamus. I don't know if that's something we were meant to see on the show. Um, either way, they still recorded it. We got it as digital exclusive and uh now they wanted to get their hands on them so we uh found out next week they will and it will be the first round of that tag team tournament then we went to the bray segment so it is just worth mentioning before we went to this bray segment there was a little uh advert if you will saying coming up after the commercial break bray wire during that there was a qr code and when you scan the qr codes uh, in the URL at the top, it said, let him in, question mark. I did look at the source codes and couldn't see anything hidden in the source codes. What the actual QR code led you to was a, a clip, a Firefly Funhouse clip. And uh, it was uh, one that we've seen before. It wasn't new. It's one we had seen before. And it had uh, Bray staring at the camera, looking quite happy. Then the Fiend mask was uh, kind of superimposed on top of him. And then it got took away again and he was super serious, right? So it's sort of like Bray transforming. That's what the clip was. But it's an old clip. It's one we have seen before. Bray going from being happy to being serious. The Fiend being in there. It's a good little clip. It's, it's not that long. Five seconds, something like that. It's really not long. So, uh, yeah, obviously, this was just before the commercial break. Then after the commercial break, we went to the Bray segment. The only thing I would say is that we didn't really get chance to really enjoy the QR codes. We didn't really get chance to talk about it too much. What could it mean? What's the Bray segment going to be? Because straight after the break, we were into the Bray segment, uh, which is why I didn't get chance to do like a separate video on it. Uh, but in all fairness, it doesn't matter because the Bray segment was bigger. This was way bigger, right? He sat down and he uh, he said, we're here, right? Which is amazing because, of course, he is known for saying that when he was in the Wyatt family. So straight away, you know that something is different. Uh, he So he said, ain't it wild? He started laughing and he said, ain't it wild? Sometimes... We can forget who we are. Um, and he says, uh, and sometimes we can forget what made us in the first place. I think that's a really interesting line. I've watched this segment a few times. That line has now started to really stand out to me. Sometimes we can forget what it is that made us in the first place. Uh, All it takes is a push in the right direction, a reminder to revel in what we are 
So uh, obviously we've been hearing Uncle Howdy say that a lot. This definitely feels like that uh, weak, innocent, timid Bray is gone. Like it's been replaced with this, this Bray, if you will, this more focused uh, Bray that seems to have found a purpose. And uh, he now lists what he is. And it feels like, you could make an argument that it isn't, of course, but it felt like he listed six different sides of himself, which is very interesting because of the whole Wyatt Six conversation. Now, I have gone back and I've watched it and I've tried my best to put this into the six that I think it is. Not perfect because he doesn't list them like one, two, three. Like he, he, He's obviously not going to do that. But uh, he starts by saying, I am the red in a world full of black and white. I am the eater of worlds. Okay. Now, I think that's one. I think that's connected. The reason why I say that is because I did very kindly get sent uh, something. This was a tweet that uh, basically said that I am red in a world full of black and white. Uh, apparently, he has said that before. Back in 2014, uh, he actually said that on SmackDown. So uh, Eduardo sent me that over on Twitter. Uh, that means that I think they're connected. I am red in a world for the black and white. I am the eater of worlds. I think that's connected. Okay. The next one is I am Uncle Howdy. Uh, so that's the second one. I am him. I think could be a reference to the fiend. Um who we have heard referred to as him before. So I am him. That could be the, the fiend. That would be the third one. I am the nagging conscience of a world that has thrown itself away. Now, that is really hard to pin down, to be honest, as to what that could mean. We do need the fun house uh, to be in there. If this is the six sides of Bray, then fun house Bray needs to be in there somewhere. So... He could be uh, the conscience of a world that has thrown itself away. Like, I don't know that I would describe him that way. I feel like there would be easier ways to describe him. But uh, we can go with that. That one might be a bit of a reach, I will concede. But um, we can go with it. Then he says, tomorrow monsters, which might be Uncle Harper, because we have not met Uncle Harper yet. We don't know who Uncle Harper is. Uh, but it has been trademarked. That is something that's on the way. So tomorrow, monsters. So maybe that's Uncle Harper. And then he says, I am everything. I am Bray Wyatt. So uh, the six things would be Eater of Worlds, Uncle Howdy, Fiend, Funhouse Bray, Uncle Harper, and Bray Wyatt. Now, this isn't a new theory. This isn't something that, uh, you know, we've just, you know, come up with. And in fact, massive shout out to Anna Dawes on our live watch along. She is the one that I saw call it, basically say it seems like he's just read out six different sides of his personality. Um, I do concede that it's not perfect. The I am the nagging conscience of a world that's thrown itself away. I mean, that's, you know, could be anything that, but... Um, I, I think a lot of it does fit. Eater of Worlds, Uncle Howdy, I am him, I am Bray Wyatt. Like, he does seem to be listing the different sides of himself. 
So that this is a very, very interesting promo. Add in the fact that at the start, he said, sometimes we forget what made us in the first place. Like, I, that's very much teasing that he lost himself, but Uncle Howdy has now reminded him of who he is, and now he can revel in who he is, which means, well, we don't know where we're going from here now. If he now knows who he is, and he remembers all those different sides of himself, like, yeah, we could be getting the Funhouse, we could be getting the Fiend, we could be getting Eater of Worlds, we could be getting Funhouse Spray, we could be getting, we haven't met Uncle Harper, we've seen Uncle Howdy, like, there's so much to unpack here. Uh, there is a separate video on it, but um, I would love to know your thoughts down in the comments below. Uh, and basically, he said uh, at uh, the Royal Rumble, LA Knight, you better run, which is how he used to end his Eater of World promos. The only thing we know about the Pitch Black match is that there's no rules, basically. Pitch Black, no rules, anything goes. Uh, other than that, no one seems to know what, what it is. Um, right, then we moved on. Uh, we got Raquel against Liv. Liv was going quite extreme in this. Um, I did say during the watch long, it feels like Liv was on a path where she would use tables and weapons and all of this. And then Tegan Knox came in and she seemed to settle down for a few weeks. Well, this match, she seemed to go right back to that more extreme kind of uh, personality. Uh, we saw her hitting her own head in the corner on the turnbuckle. I believe she went and grabbed a table. End result is, though, sadly, she lost. Uh, this is a good win, though, for Raquel, because obviously Liv was women's champion last year. So uh, this is a good win for her. Don't know where it leaves Liv, but Liv seems to be on some sort of journey anyway. Then we went uh, backstage and uh, Sonya Deville uh, was looking for a fight, went after Charlotte. And uh, it seems like they're going to be engaging in a feud. So Sonya and Charlotte seem to be uh, potentially a match that we're going to be getting at the Royal Rumble. Uh, so uh, yeah, they were uh, brawling backstage. Then we got confirmation that Raw is 30, is going to be one week from Monday in Philadelphia. This should be a lot of fun. Should be a lot of uh, names, heard rumors of Kane and her angle, and I'm sure Undertaker could make an appearance. Um, this is going to be a lot of fun. This is the 30th anniversary of Monday Night Raw. So, uh, yeah, that is very exciting. Then we got to our main event and Sammy against Kevin Owens. And it was a great match. So much fun. Sammy was giving a really good account of himself. Don't know if he was going to go on to win or not. Uh, it seemed like Kevin Owens was set up for the halluva. But uh, then the bloodline attacked. They were there. This is what Paul Heyman was sort of keeping as a secret from Sammy. Sammy didn't know. Uh, bloodline interfered. And Sammy honestly was disappointed. He was saying, like, I had this. I didn't need you to do this, uh, Roman. The tribal chief wanted me to uh, prove to him that I could do it, and I was doing it. Like, this actually felt like the bloodline got in the way for Sammy. Sammy was actually achieving something. He was winning this match on his own. And then the bloodline came in, and you can see that he's just not quite on board with what they've done. They've interrupted the match. Uh, they've beaten up, which, you know, uh, his friends, like Sammy does still like Kevin, I think, um, uh, in his soul, in his heart. He might deny it, but 
and he didn't enjoy watching Kevin Owens getting destroyed um, and getting beaten up. This was this was really interesting. This went in a direction I was not ready for. Uh, it does end. They did convince him to throw up the wands. Um, I didn't even know if he is there, actually. He might just have a fist in the air by the looks of it. But, uh, yeah, he wasn't happy. He wasn't happy. There might be some words coming Sammy's way from the tribal chief. I think Sammy wanted to prove himself, and that opportunity was taken away. And also, I don't think he likes seeing uh, Kevin Owens treated this way, to be honest. Big big segment, big uh, main event, had a big fight feel. It was a great match. Um, this and the opening were fantastic. The Bray segment, super interesting. This was a great, uh, noteworthy episode of SmackDown, to be honest. I, I would be quite happy to give it a... I'm probably a 7.75, you know. I feel like we might have just missed like an OMG moment for it to get into the eights, but... Uh, I feel like we are knocking on the door for an eight. So, yeah, I was really impressed. I really enjoyed it. And hopefully you did as well. Appreciate the support. Let me know your thoughts down in the comments below. And I'll see you again next time. Bye for now.